damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is Mike Slatman, your host. I am a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators and with 45 years' experience as an expert fire investigator. Today, uh, my co-host, Donna Ingram, is not going to be here. She's ill, and we're, we hope for a, a very swift recovery. We have for you today a, um, two prestigious guests from the International Association of Arson Investigators. We have Gary Thorstenson, who is the regional training manager for the International Association of Arson Investigators. And we also have the, um, the, the chair of the training and education committee for the international. Um, Gary, you're, you're uh, relatively new to the IAAI, aren't you? Yes, sir. Well, I'm, I've been a member for 10 years, but for the staff, I've been here, uh, it was 90 days yesterday. So right. I am relative, I'm the newest guy on the block. And so you're, you're, uh, what's your job? I am the uh, regional training manager. It's my job to uh, um, take the training programs that the uh, uh, T&E committee that Trace will tell you about, that they develop, and get them out uh, to our members. Uh, throughout the United States and really the world, where where we've already have some scheduled uh, in Canada a couple of different uh, times this year, and um, uh, it's a service uh, for our uh, members, and it's, it's something that uh, we think is very very important. And I and I agree. And Trace, you're uh, you uh, you actually develop your committee actually uh, develops uh, the uh, the training, right? We do. It's. Uh it's a large group of people that are subject matter experts in their field and specialty. We bring them together and develop curriculum, update curriculum uh, in the training and education platform and committee. Yeah, and do, you, do you find, uh, well, with today day and age and, and, and of course the emphasis on, on science, you're developing many uh, new courses, aren't you? New courses are coming out. Uh, we just did a, a complete revision and update of the uh, expert report writing class how to document properly, get all the facts in, your evidence, get every, all the uh, you know, report put together. Along with that, we're always developing. We got the new 921 uh, 2017 edition out, the updates of that new edition. Those are all uh, were developed through Training and Education International Association and uh, for our membership and people in the world doing fire and explosion investigations. All right, so after you develop a class, then, uh, then it's I guess Gary, it's your it's your job to uh, to get it out there. Correct. We're, we're in contact all the time with our uh, chapters throughout throughout the world, really, and um, they get they talk to us about our needs. Uh, I'm sorry, their needs, and uh, and we provide the, the, the classes. That we provide the instructors. We provide the materials, uh, the testing materials. All our courses are tested, um, and um, we send that package forward. So. It's where they need it. The training they need, where they need it. So how do they how do they get in touch with you if you to uh, to, to request a class? They can reach me uh, in the office and uh, um, in firearson.com. My email is Gary at firearson.com, and 
I'd love to hear from all the people out there. Send me an email and, and let me know if there's something we can do for you. Well, I have a name called Mike Slatman, and nobody ever um, knows, always ever misspells it. So if you're going to, could you spell your sure, last name for yeah. people, please? It's uh, G-A-R-Y dot T as in Tom, T-H-O-R-S-T-E-N-S-O-N uh, at firearson.com. Thank and you. I'd be glad to, to. I look forward to getting some emails from you. And and uh, Trace, you um, you're uh, you're the TNE chair. Now you have you said a large committee, right? I do. And uh, and now you charge with uh, charge this committee with what developing new cl- classes or exploring uh, new areas or going internationally. How does this? Well, it's all of those. It's it's identifying new topics in the industry that have to be addressed with subject matter experts and curriculum developed, you know, and then we also do all the updates uh, for programs that are existing because it's an ever-changing dynamic in the, in the industry. And so uh, we, we do all that along with all the vet, the instructors. Uh, so if an instructor wants to come on and be a, uh, to present classes on behalf of the international, we will vet that instructor on their credentials and backgrounds based off their, their curriculum V-Day. And uh, we will uh, approve or deny that instructor present classes for us. Uh, along with that, you know, is outside um, organizations or partnerships that we have to have, you know, in the insurance industry, in the, uh, in the manufacturing industry. They have programs. We also vet those programs. We look at them and say, do they benefit our membership and our organization throughout the world? Do they need that knowledge and training? And that's all done in the training and education committee. And 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 and, and then uh, you turn it over to to Gary. And uh, I know that the membership is really always the, uh, the, the improving the training for the membership is our basic um, our basic tenet, is it not? That is correct. Yeah. Training and education is what we're here for for our members. And then, uh, and Gary, how difficult is it for you to um, to get this all marshaled together to uh, to launch your program out there in the world? Well, I've I've been a, a trainer my entire life. Oh. I've been in training, uh, but it is a challenge, Mike. I I send sometimes instructors I haven't met to places I've never been to <laughs> students I haven't seen. So <laughs> it, it is very challenging. But the 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 one thing that I can always rely on. Is we have the best train, we have the best instructors there are. There are people who are in the field today, not just someone who teaches, someone who does the job, on the cutting edge of the of, of the of the industry, mm-hmm. and those are the people who teach the 921 course. We have people on the committees at NFPA, and um, they know 921 inside and out. They know the changes coming before they get changed. So they're the kind of people you want to teach the class. All right. And we had uh, we had Randy Watson on the chairman of that uh, right. group earlier, sure. yeah. and uh, and he, uh, he was talking about 921. Yeah. Now that is uh, that is a guide, and and we we've trained to these uh, these things in 1033, these 16 things Correct. that uh, that you know, all fire investigators need, and and of course that that goes to you, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. Plays a part in every program we develop. That's right. And so uh, so how? Okay. So now we, they've just added a few of them. At the end, we went from uh, yeah. 13 to 16. Right, and so in 2014. now 2014. Yes, and so you have to develop new classes along those lines. What kind of steps do you do to do that? Well, those uh, 
you know, the uh, prerequisite knowledges. You have to identify them, get the subject matter experts and the people uh, involved from the uh, the right of the document of, of NFPA 1033. Identify what those objectives are that need to be met through those prerequisites, and then train to that level. Along with that, like I said before, you got to go back and modify existing programs to make sure they identify and, and cover these topics also. Right, and so and like uh, the the ones that were added were uh, <coughs> fire protection systems, evidence documentation and collection. Uh, electricity Lectures. and electrical uh, systems. Now, they eat the evidence, documentation, uh, collection, and preservation. You actually, uh, IAAI actually has already a course, doesn't it? Don't yeah, well, the expert witness, or excuse me, the uh, evidence collection technician course or practicum is, is set up to meet one of those uh, 16 uh, prerequisite knowledges for that reason. It's the proper collection, handling, documentation of evidence from multiple facets of investigations, not only in fire debris, but in blood splatter, DNA, uh, collection of uh, imprint, things. So we cover all the stuff that's associated to evidence collection. Right, and then so, and you'll have, and you'll be developing or already have some uh, fire protection systems and electrical. Uh, yes. We already have electrical and electrical. Electric, electric, we have two classes mm -hmm. in electric. Uh, an eight hour basic residential electric class. Uh, just really touches the bases on electric. We like that for our newer investigators coming in. Or as a refresher, yes. you know. Um, and then we have the three-day electrical aspects class, which is more in-depth, more technical, gets into how components work, appliances work, um, failure analysis of some appliances and things of that nature. Right. And, and so, and then now you have this class and it's all, and it's all, Peer reviewed and it's vetted and you've you've approved it right to your committee, right? That's correct. So and then you you say, okay, Gary, we've got this class ready to go. And then you have to find what you have to find a venue. Do do people ask you for these courses? Or? We get we get requests all the time. And in in an environment like this where we're at the ITC, it brings everyone together. And we've we as a matter of fact, we just left the meeting two minutes ago uh, from a from a chapter who's who's looking to. Uh, have some of our programs uh, exported there and taught there, and, and that's usually how it works. They call us, I ask what they what they need, and uh, they usually know exactly what they're looking for. Okay. And we have a, we have our catalog, um, our catalog here with lists lists all the information, all the classes we offer, and um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll select an instructor, and uh, we'll, we'll get them going. It's 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 a it's. Pretty effortless uh, yeah. process once we get it going. Yeah, you, talk, you asked Mike about all the different dynamics. Right. You know, we're an international organization. Everywhere, Gary just mentioned, we just met with Alberta, Canada, mm -hmm. in that that uh, area up there, and going west from Alberta. Uh, Edmund was in the room, uh, Canada, and uh, we want, or they have a need up there for the expert witness courtroom testimony program. Now, we know our judicial systems have similarities, but there's differences also. So we're working with them on a plan to have that program up there for them and us recognize it here at the International as meeting the requirements so we can get more certified fire investigators in the Canadian region. No, that's great. And I, I, I wish you a lot of luck because I know, and we, and we are presented with these different, uh, well, we have people here from Taiwan, we have people here from Hong Kong, we have people here from New Zealand and Australia and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, I mean, it's like Finland. Yeah, and so some of these, uh, these are these separate judicial systems 
you then you have to modify. Is that right? To modify the course. That's correct. We work cooperatively between the training and education committee and that that country in developing what are the differences. We have them audit our programs, identify the differences, and then use their expertise within their own country. So to modify the program, but still hold the accountability, credibility of our programs here at the International. Absolutely, and the, science, the basic uh, scientific method, the scientific method has to be utilized, and, uh, and, and it's up to really us to make sure, and I, us, and I'm saying this is a, in a possessive kind of uh, International sure. Association of Arson Investigators yeah. way because I'm the past president, so uh, that I kind of have a, it's an affinity. It's yes. us. Yes. Anyway, it's up to us to make sure that the fire investigators that are, are, are in the departments, are in police service, are in private investigations, are as professional, mm-hmm. and they use this method and they and they they make the right determinations um you gary you've got a big challenge in that you have to handle uh well the world I'm, my official term is a uh, regional training manager but i've got a pretty big region <laughs> <laughs> and yeah we just yesterday they i think uh Brazil got the 80th uh, charter, mm-hmm. right? So you got 80 chapters, yep. right. and that's and we train more than that, though, don't we? Well, we do. Yes, we do. Between yeah. the uh, residential courses that are ours here at the uh, international, you know, we have the CFI trainer modules that are all associated in training of uh, different programs tested on their testing platform online. So we have the online version of all the training that goes on also. And uh, we're looking to expand that even further with some web-based um, courses. All right, now I asked some a little older information. I had heard that, that we've trained 20 countries through CFI Trainer, not even talking about our regular training. Correct. And then, uh, and over, well, Kirk Hankins was on the steering committee chair, and he said uh, one and a half million hours of training has already been put out through CFI Trainer. Yes. But then that's not counting this, the things that you guys are doing like in, in all the little lo- localities. Yeah, right? all the different sites across the country, you know, and uh, you know, we had the opportunity last year, we did, you know, our, our fundamentals course mm-hmm. in the U.S. Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. you know, so we go, we reach out there. So those total hours that you're talking about, the one and a half million hours of training, that's only in the, the online CFI trainer modules mm-hmm. section. Ours is hands-on in the classroom, practical application, practical exercises, applying what you t- what you learned there. It's fantastic. And, and Gary, I've, I've got a real important question for you. If you're putting things on in the U.S. Virgin Islands and probably Hawaii and stuff, why, aren't, why am I not one of the <laughs> instructors? How come I have to go to the Podunk uh, forever? In you know, North Dakota. <laughs> I like North Dakota. Right. Like, we send our best instructors to the most challenging locations. Yeah, okay, folks. Listen to this. Okay, I was trying to get them to commit to something. And, and, and with, now we're only on we're only on internet um, uh, TV, so it's only going all over the world. Okay, so now remember remember that we have we have a following in, 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 in France and, right. and Sweden. And uh, and and we have we have Ukraine, uh, Russia, uh, of course the United uh, Kingdom, naturally, and uh, and so uh, these people that are listening to us, of course, there are a lot of English speakers. They expect something 
uh, and and uh, you have a, you have challenges. You have a mm-hmm. challenges to deliver, right? Correct. And and uh, I imagine you have a plan, or you're already uh, on, put together to to uh, to help uh, different chapters. Do you know? Yes, there's plans always. You know, they're all dynamic because yes. they're ever changing. Uh, they're expanding, and you know, like you said yesterday, you know, with Brazil coming on is the uh, the 80th charter chapter. That's always work in progress. Now we completed that one. Let's move on to the next. And the same thing happens in the training side is identifying where the training is needed regionally, okay? And uh, even though me and Gary hold two separate main positions within the international, um, mine's volunteer. I work full-time as a fire investigator. Um, So where Gary's position is 40 hours a week, um, you know, as a full-time training manager because that's how important training is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we work hand-in-hand. We're always in communication with each other. We communicate with chapters all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you're reaching out, doing this program all over the world, it's very important to us because training is what we're here for the fire and explosion investigators of the world. Yeah, I wanted to tell you that my motivation to do this event here at the, at the International Training Conference was to bring to the world an idea and some of the, the authorities, the, the people that are doing this, mm-hmm. and also some of the international members, so that we are we encourage you to join the International Association yes. of Arson Investigators. But we also just, even if you don't join us, get some training and we have documents and we can, we can surprise some support to you, supply some support. And of course, uh, and so if people wanted to, uh, Contact you, Gary. Uh, uh, how and you've already ta- given yep. your your email address, right. and they can call the internet uh, the office. Right, and we have a website, firearson.com, uh, which is the IAAI website. Has all our information, lists our classes, and that's a great way for them to get an initial contact with us. Yes, and then and then Trace, uh, you you got this big committee, right? How many yes. people are on your committee? I have no idea. Well, currently, right now, there's. There's roughly between 20 and 25, but those are all broken down into task groups or subgroups. Like this event we're at here at the International Training Conference, this is put together under training and education. Right. Okay. So we're offering over 120 hours of education in four tracks of offerings just this week on. So we have everything from the insurance industry to the specialty expert areas, panel discussions, legal discussions. So 120 hours of, of actual training hours are available to any student uh, all this week. It's amazing, and uh, and and it's a it's a big task to put this together, isn't it? Start years, or, you know, we're already planning. Call for presentations are important to us. People doing new research projects. As long as it's supported with data, meets our criteria, we're going to bring you in to introduce new technology, new new things in the industry. And this is the venue we do that at. But the planning for next year's venue in Frisco, Texas, already has started. You know, we have already called for presentations. We're already reviewing these and getting the information out there. It's um, it's a, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. But with this organization, it's all dedicated people for the same common goal of training and education. That's great. Um, and. Uh, I, I know you've been training all your life, Gary. I've been training, and uh, do you find this uh, these fire investigation? Uh, you've always been doing fire investigation training. I was in the army for thirty years. I trained in the army. I trained some other security, other things, uh, but I 
uh, before this, I was training. I ran the fire investigation certification program for the state of Connecticut. Is that right? So for about 12 years. And what's your background in? Is it in fire service? In the fire service. After the army or in the army or what? I'll tell you, my 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 father was uh, assistant chief in my local department, and I was I was hanging around the fire department since I was like 12, 13 years old. But then I joined the army and I went away, and it wasn't until I came back into this field that I got back into the fire service. And and Tracy, what's your background? I know you're a private investigator now, aren't you? I work directly for an insurance company, Grinnell Mutual Reassurance Company, in their special investigations division as a uh, senior investigator, and. Um, my, my career started in fire, and uh, I spent 27 and a half years in public sector uh, fire service between local fire department outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, and then uh, the state of Ohio fire marshal's office. And then uh, I was lucky enough to retire in 2011, but I haven't retired. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, after that, I worked in the independent sector for about four years uh, with Scott Bennett, the incoming president of the International. And uh, helping him establish his business and get that moving in the right direction. And I had the perfect opportunity to uh, go to work with Grinnell Mutual Reassurance Company as a uh, investigator in the field, but along with that, doing live burn research training and education for the insurance industry. Now that's great because yeah, well you see that yeah when I when I said private investigator, I was I was actually just separating it from public, public and private, service, sure. public and private. Um, the insurance companies also have investigators that I like you yes. um, that come out of fire or police service, right? Or and and now we have EKU, which are um, in, are another uh, other uh, Oklahoma yep. uh, University of New Haven, New Haven. That are all teaching fire science courses, and and I was wondering, uh, gentlemen, and uh, I'm going to ask both of you this question: Is uh, what where do you see? Um, what do you think these students? And we're going to what we're going to do is we're going to encourage students to go into fire investigation. And uh, now you both have different. We uh, both have perspectives on that. What what do you believe that they need uh, is like some basic thing of educationally speaking uh, with college? Well. I think that's it's the coming thing that that they're going to, to college, getting training first. Um, I come from the from the public side. I'm a deputy fire marshal. Mm -hmm. Most of our guys, you're in the fire service for a while, and you move into fire investigation. It's something you pick up. But but these uh, uh, younger investigators are are learning the investigation uh, business uh, in college, getting getting, uh, getting their their credentials there. That that's a whole different. Um, Whole different paradigm shift from what from what we started with, sure. and uh, they're coming out looking forward to doing it. They're very. Uh, it's a very rewarding career. It's a very interesting career, and um, they look forward to it. And, and um, they're looking for those opportunities when they get out, and uh, and they're finding. Sure. Yeah. And and what do you think, Trace? I mean, do you, do you think they should get a fire um, tech degree, fire science degree? What do you think? That well, I really don't have an opinion on what kind of degree. Um, but if they go in there for that institution and get the education side of it, I think the important part that has to happen after that is a mentorship and an internship to actually apply yeah, that. And it's it's people like yourself, Mike, that have, have more random programs and understand that that is an important part because we got can't sit in the classroom and understand everything there is in the dynamics of fire investigation and explosive investigations. It's that hands-on practical approach 
that they have to come to this old timers for. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> nowadays, and uh, that's very important. You know, is uh, is be able to do that hands-on application. Yeah, the way I handle it inside my company, Fire Consulting International, is that we will hire firefighters or police that are on investigations teams for their public service, have them work part-time with us for a, a minimum of three years, uh, doing fire investigations with us and going to scenes um, and evaluating their 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 ability to to pattern interpretation, etc. And then. Uh, Make sure that they get uh, eventually get their CFI, mm-hmm. sure. IAAI CFI, right? Sure. And then uh, and then let and then uh, teach them how to write reports, of mm-hmm. course, and then then put them on the street as investigators. Mm-hmm. What Trace just brought up, and which I really want to emphasize, is that mentorship. You just can't. Nine twenty one is 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 a wonderful volume, and so is ten thirty three. And every textbook, uh, sure. Kirk's Fire Investigations, coming out, uh, I think, in August, the 8th edition. These are all great, but you need that experience. Mm-hmm. You've yes. got it from, from being on the fire service. You've been on the fire service. Yes. And, uh, and, I've been, and I went into the police service, and, and uh, I made a mistake by writing a, a, le- a, a, a paper on arson, and, and suddenly that made me arson guy. So I had to go out and learn about it. So There you, there you go. go. That's, but some of us get into it accidentally, and sure. some of us get into it on absolute pur- purpose. Exactly. And so, what motivated? Uh, what's, what's motivated? Uh, what's motivated you to go into investigations as opposed to like well, becoming a fire chief? Well, I'm not that administrative type person. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, very early on in my career, I had a uh, fire investigator in uh, our community said, you know come in when you're here in the fire service you really have two avenues to go you either go to the emergency medical side of it or you go to the prevention side and investigations and uh he said you need to come to investigations because we don't want to send you out there treating people (laughs) so uh that started my fire investigation career um back then 1984. So they were afraid that you were going to kill people. Well, they funny? didn't say kill people. <laughs> they just didn't want me attending to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and what about you? What, what about you? Well, I, I retired from the army and I was looking for a job, and yeah. I was hired by the state of Connecticut to be a trainer. Right. And they said you're going to be a trainer in fire investigation. And I said, what is fire investigation? <laughs> so, I had to take the course I was eventually going to teach. And once I got certified in the state of Connecticut, uh, my local fire marshal, Dick Morris, put me on. And right. that's really where, I, just like you said, that's where you learn the skill. The first fire you see is, is overwhelming. You don't know where to look. But if you go with someone who knows and they mentor you and they show you, you start to pick up the little nuances and then, then you're on your way. And that's how, I, that, that's how it was for me. And it was very interesting, very, very exciting. I, I like it. I like it. No, it's a challenge. I mean, you have to have a, a certain amount of uh, let's solve the puzzle right. kind of thing, right. sure. and, and uh, a little curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and I've you know I've I've been accused of uh, of using the Colombo approach, the old Colombo <laughs> story about. I don't, but I never ask them about how much their shoes. But cost. you dress I better though. No, I try. You do. I try. But anyway, but but what I'm saying is, of course, you you take all of the factors, the, all the variables. Because there's, you can never hang your hat on one particular variable, right? right? Sure. And and then you put them together. Now that's what you do. You guys are teaching these people 
all these fire investigators, all the different variables, and and that's where you're using the subject matter experts, right? That's correct. And that's where you're 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 getting out there and saying you really might want to look at this mm -hmm. as a course. Mm -hmm. What what uh, do you think is the biggest challenge is uh, uh, to stay current? Uh, I'll not ask both of you. What do you what do you think, uh, Trace? Well, I think the challenge is nowadays is the financial support, especially in the uh, the public sector, to. Uh, to have an investigator within a public department released for the time and, and, and the expenses for the training. You know, we're, we're here at the ITC and, you know, we're roughly 600, 650 people here. Nice. Okay. But our membership of the International is 9,000. Nice. So you see a very small portion have the availability to get out to a, a conference like this. So what we try to do is minimize that cost by doing it in a local venue throughout the country is so they can reduce that cost and hopefully those public departments will have the, the funding available to be able to release that person, let them come to the training class, get the training and knowledge they need and take it back and expand it from there within their own jurisdiction. And that is a challenge with budgetary problems. Yes. What about, Gary, is there any other challenges that you see for, um, for the investigators? Um, you know, I don't know. But, well, I think it's it's a very complex, complex uh, business, very complex uh, industry, and you have to stay current with it. You have to stay even with it. You know, fire investigators, uh, as a rule, they, they try to replicate. They, they they try to do the same thing the same time all the time, which sometimes is a challenge because sometimes you need to change because because yeah. the the technology is going to change. That what's accepted in court testimony three, four years ago is no longer. You have to do something different. Change. So so that's the challenge, to, to, to stay current and, and to tell you the truth, that's 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 our business, keeping them current. Yeah. Well, you know, I yeah, and I know we're running on a little bit and we need to take a break here for uh, in a second. But uh, I wanted to say one other thing. When we come back um, from the break, um, I want to, I, I really like to know um, because we've talked about there's a there, there's a booklet here and stuff like that, I'd like you to kind of tell us a little bit about the courses that you have sure. available and maybe something about them. You know, we, we you know we we can do that. I, I know expert witness. Okay, no so. problem. We can handle. It. Okay, uh, when we come back, come back to speaking of fire. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. FireAnalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. 
We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact FireAnalysis.net. That's FireAnalysis.net. You are listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. I'm your host, Mike Slatman. Don Ingram is ill today. We have um, we have two wonderful um, uh, guests here. Uh, we have Gary Thorstenson, which is common spelling, and Trace Wallace. And Trace Wallace. Uh, Gary's the uh, regional training manager for the IAAI, and uh, and Trace is the uh, training education chairman. Before we went to break. Uh, I I asked them to to kind of think about some of the classes that, that the IAAA sponsors and uh, tell us something about them. So Trace, you want to start? Sure, love to. Uh, well, before uh, the break, there I mentioned a couple of them, so I won't uh, rehash those over. But the uh, you know everything starts with the basic fundamentals. Okay, fundamentals of fire. It's a forty-hour program. Uh, we offer it, uh, you know, at any location. It has a facility. Preferably that we can go outside and do some burns at that facility, show fire dynamics, show ventilation, uh, think effects and things of that nature. But uh, that 40-hour program is for a newer investigator, not just getting into the industry. Or we can utilize that, and a lot of people come to it as a refresher, especially if there's major changes to the document of uh, NMPA 921 or 1033. They'll come back through that program. Uh, then we'll jump to the other end of the spectrum with the complex fire investigation course that we host along with ATF every year down in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, yeah. okay? at the Incedar um, location. Uh, that is a very complex class uh, with complex burn studies uh, being presented. It's a lot of classroom activity uh, going on uh, through that, and that we open that up really to our insurance partnerships and our insurance industry side. Right. Is uh, you know getting there and learn about what we do and uh, what you should be expecting from your fire investigator when they write that report or they tell you what's going on with the event. And, and in fact, we'd like to have a lot more insurance company participation. Um, not only their special investigation unit. Uh, but also their adjusters, because they need to know that, don't they? Yes, they do. They need to have an understanding. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let the uh, the origin and cause expert that is identified uh, handle that uh, processing the scene, identifying the artifacts and evidence that, that needs to be retained and further examined by electrical or mechanical engineers, uh, whatever the case may be, fire protection specialists. And uh, from there, you know, when they get that report, they need to understand. This is why, you know, uh, what this means and this is what that means. Uh, from there, you, we mentioned earlier the expert witness courtroom testimony that you're very much involved in. It's uh, it's how it's one of the stepping stones to a certified fire investigator if you don't have the opportunity to do a lot of testimony uh, in your local court systems. Right, and David uh, Bridges was here earlier, and uh, he's a co-hosting. Uh, he'll be back uh, later, but. Um, 
he's, he said that, that one of the biggest challenges that he thought was we just can't put it on enough, that there's a lot of demand out there. Is that right, Gary? That is true. Um, uh, the courses we've been talking about, um, something like nine, uh, the 921 update course, we have six or seven of them going on in the next next two, three months. So um, we have a... We have the larger courses that, that Trace was talking about, but we have some one-day courses, too. Origin and Cause is a one-day class. Uh, 921 is a one-day class. And we can get out there in, um, in one day, part of part of one of the chapter's meetings or something like that, yeah. and uh, and get get some training. Sometimes it's just good to to get that training and realize, you know, I am doing it correctly. This, this is the way I do it. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not missing something. Or sometimes you might say, you know what, I forgot about that. I have to pay attention to that next time I'm out of the field. I think that's great. And uh, and the expert witness thing, um, yes, I'm, I'm involved in the rewrite. We're going to put a new one out there soon. Yes. And uh, and uh, and that's going to be a very good course. Uh, it's it's uh, we've had we've had one for a considerable period of time now. It has been very popular. The students uh, it very demanding it. class. And it's a demanding class, and that's what we want demanding, right. don't we? Yes. Right. Yeah, now, um, now, when you when you are developing these classes, right? Uh, you're sure. using the subject matter experts. Um, how do you determine how long the class is going to be, and and how and how deliverable it is, and stuff? Well, like that? first, as far as the length of the class, a lot of that is um, based off the how, what the objectives of the class, mm -hmm. uh, and how, how long is it going to take to get through the course material to meet that objective. And as we all know, there's multiple objectives involved in every one of these training programs. So, you know, and we we time slot it. We look at the uh, the overall, make sure we have, you know, enough time in there to have active participation with the students during the presentation. And then uh, we, uh, we set it up. Sometimes we develop classes that may be one day in length, but it really truly needs to be two days in length or at least a day and a half. So you modify that through your piloting programs uh, to, you know, look at that program and say, let's get the time set as far as the length of it. And did we meet all our objectives or do we need to slim them down some and uh, and modify that course? So it's it's like I mentioned earlier, it's always dynamic. That's right. And, and pilots. You just said that's very good. I, I I didn't want anybody to believe that they just developed the course, then throw it out there and, and, and here this is you get it and that's it. Now you you evaluate it right there at the scene yes. with the pilots, right? That's correct. And then Gary, are you um, then then after it's piloted? Do you get it before it's piloted or, or after? No, I'll get it after because the because even after the pilot. Yes. That's when, as Trace said, that's when you start to fine tune those little things and, yep. and get get all the instructors on the same page. Because you we, we want it to be the same experience no matter who teaches it or where they teach it. So uh, during that pilot program, we, we work the bugs out of the presentation. And um, then when that's all set to go and all the, the, the trainers or uh, the instructors are on the same page, He'll send it to me and say we're ready to, to offer so, this program. So to train a trainer, you do train the trainers, right? And and you you write clear objectives of the course, right? Yes. And and, uh, and uh, what is what is your uh, what's your you have we have now IAAI certified instructors. They have to they have to actually have a there's a criteria that's set up. They have to be able to teach. 
and we evaluate them. What's your What's your biggest challenge? Of, do you think in, in T and E uh, in in getting enough uh, instructors and stuff like that? Uh, a lot of it has to do with location. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, you know we get a lot of requests for instructors uh, in. They have to go through the vetting process and, and you know, their, their credentials to make sure they, they meet the requirements for uh, to come into the international and, and instructing, facilitating courses for us. At the same time is, you know, we get a lot of requests for classes and we always don't have instructors in those areas. So we, we always have to move instructors around as far as, you know, fly them to a location or have them travel to a location to be able to provide that training. Um, Besides our program, the Certified Instructor Program, mm -hmm. uh, which is ever-growing also uh, because of all the subject matter experts we identify along the way, they then, wanna, after they sit through all the identifying the objectives of the class and development of the class, they're proud of it, and they want to go out and then instruct it. Right, sure, yeah. sure. So, uh, you know, be out there and talk in front of people and interact with people, because every time you do that, you learn something new anyway. Absolutely. Okay? That's and, right. Uh, so... A lot of times we have these subject matter experts come to us and say, I want to now instruct for you at the international level. So that has really improved the program a lot. Well, of course. And a lot of these, these are volunteers. I mean, uh, our whole organization is made up of volunteers, right? Yes. I mean, we're not, these are not on on payroll, uh, you know, uh, fire instructors. They they actually give of their time and their expertise, Correct. right? I, I haven't. I'm amazed constantly. Pick up the phone and can you do a class? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. If or or they'll say, um, I have something scheduled that week. But if if you need me, I'll change that and teach for you. Isn't it? I mean, they're, they're terrific. Our instructors are terrific. And and they all they and all they, they get. Uh, I mean, well, at least uh, there's not stipends either. They're 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 actually going there um, and getting their expenses paid right, and that's it. Well, there's different different methods of how we uh, we utilize our instructors depending on what program they're teaching in uh, or what offering. You know, s s most of the time we're picking up their travel costs mm -hmm. and their incidentals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your hotel and the meals, you know, we got to keep them fed, you know, so they can go out <laughs> there and you. be uh, <laughs> productive in uh, doing our instruction. But, uh, um, so, uh, and, uh, and then for, for you, uh, are you the one... Um, well, wait a minute. Who does, he's developing the classes and getting them piloted and right. out there. And then are you? You're the one that's actually coordinating everything. Correct. What, what typically happens is one of uh, one of the chapters or some someone else in the fire investigation industry will call me and say, I, "We're interested in um, in aspects, electrical aspects of fire investigation. When can we get that taught?" And I'll say, "Well, when do you want it taught?" Mm -hmm. And we'll we'll talk about a a, a date. I'll uh, set that down. We'll contact our, our instructors. We'll send an agreement out to the to the host that's going to teach it that just asked for that class. I'll send an agreement out to my instructor, let everyone know um, when it's going to be, how it's going to work, and um, we send them out there and teach. Right, and their costs are different for different classes. Right, because because some some classes require two instructors. Right. Some some classes require uh, different uh, different levels of instruction. So. They're all, they're all, there's a basic cost structure, but the best thing for them to do if they have any questions, just give us a call and uh, yeah. we can straighten all that. Yeah, now, uh, what about insurance carriers? Now, insurance carriers uh, have their own in-house training uh, for things, but they also could contact the international and get classes, couldn't they? Very much so. 
Yeah, and uh, and and uh, and then bring them right into their own facilities. Well, right? you, you mentioned that Mike, is uh, you know with the insurance company here in the last uh, ten months, we have two classes that are designed specifically for the insurance industry. The first one of them is uh, giving stronger depositions mm. and trial testimony because everybody in the insurance industry, just like myself and and you, yes. is you know we go to depositions, we're used to them. We know the dynamics of those. Well, the insurance adjuster, it may be, um, you know, in the field or an SIU uh, adjuster for an insurance carrier. They're not used to that dynamic. And uh, so we want to be able to give them some background and education and also improve an investigator, a new investigator. That's a good class for them because when it comes down to it, in most civil cases, you're going to wind up at least going to a deposition in most times. Exactly. And, uh, you know, along with that, we tailored a course that was directly related about litigating fire losses for subrogation. Oh, yeah. So now we're talking about product liability, negligence, and things of that nature is the insurance industry's always involved in that. And that's true. So yeah. we want to be able to get that information out there and say, because fire losses are very unique when it comes to subrogation, uh, you know, and that negligent side of it, or just a bad product that's out there that we also need to work to identify that work with the insurance companies and at the same time for protection of life get that product off the market yeah i know and chris councilman is going to be on later on in the day and he's with the white and williams and that's a subrogation firm yes and what they do is is they they take these they take these cases and and, uh, and look at, at the manufacturers or look what caused the fire and and whether or not they were responsible for the damage and things of that nature. That's right. And but we have to in the industry on in our fire investigation be aware of, of what's what needs to be done if there's gonna be a subrogation that we have to protect the evidence and right and you have handling and spoliation. Right. Spoliation is another big one out there. You know they that's a ever changing world. You mentioned Chris Koselman. Yeah. Chris is actually was the subject matter expert for the uh, litigating fire law. Is it, was it? Subrogation, okay, yes. Okay, well, that's so, good. And then, now Chris has come on board with us, and uh, he's one of the uh, presenters of that program. See, so okay. there's that cycle, how this goes of people volunteering, getting the message out there for fire and explosion investigations. And the reason I mentioned his name was he has assisted me in, in, in uh, expert witness testimony courses. He's put them on yes, the, not only not only at, at, at IAAI headquarters. Mm -hmm. Not everybody knows the IAAI has a has a training room uh, at their headquarters in Crofton, Maryland, and and they actually put on classes there too. Mm -hmm. And 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 you are you um, are you planning on having any other type of classes at uh, at the headquarters? I mean, it, we only got a limited facility. Right? Do you have anything on on? We don't have anything scheduled in Crofton. What we're looking to do is uh, partner with different facilities across the country and. Uh, in a more regular manner, instead of waiting for them to to call us mm. to put something on in those locations, so we're looking at that. Hopefully, within the next year, we'll we'll be able to do some of that. Right, and yeah. what Gary's referring to there is we like to reach out to our chapters. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, we we were able to do a few this year. Uh, Florida chapter being one of them, um, with Terry Barnett down there as their current president. Mm -hmm. We were able to go down to Florida, and we we're actually down there May eighth. Of, the, of this year and doing a class in Clearwater that uh, that's going to be one of our what we refer to as our regional training locations 
Yeah, Colorado has been identified as a location. Um, state of Ohio at the uh, fire marshal's office has been identified to go there routinely as a regional training site outside of Crofton because we are very limited in Crofton. We can't burn in Crofton. Hey, there's there's regulations in place, and of course we're very limited on on office size. Right. As a as a you know association made up of our members. Right. Okay? Hey, we don't have this huge office space that just sits there waiting for us to bring a training class. Okay, we stack them in the corners, all the staff, yeah. okay? and then you know. Yeah, I know. We have, we have a, a training room there. It's uh, yeah, you can't put more than fifteen people in there. I don't think. No. But at any rate, but well, I want to thank you guys for doing all this good work, and and uh, and uh, like uh, you know, Gary, I'm sure glad you're here. Um, there and and I, I know it's going to go forward, sir. And and Trace, I'm sure glad that you're you're part of TNE. Thank and you. I know that you you work full time and you do all of this and, and uh, you know it makes you pull your hair out, doesn't it? Well, by <laughs> choice, I pull my no. <laughs> that was a hair joke, but. Okay, so now yeah, yeah I got a little. That yeah. needs some work. Yeah, no, well, yeah, so yeah, that's right. But hey, well look. Um, who did who do they call? They call you. They call me. That's right. Call me. Okay. Uh, go to our website, firearson.com, and uh, it's got all our contact information there. We're we're standing by. Well, right now we're at the ITC. All right. But uh, we're, I pick up my email every day, so if someone has a question, I can I can get to them. Well, that's great. And you know when and uh, I thank you so very much for being here, both of you guys, and and uh, and we're gonna go to a break in a moment. But when we come back, we're gonna have. What, what we're all looking for with all the new international people, Mexico and, and Brazil and Excellent. Taiwan. So, um, what um, now? By the way, uh, one other thing is: have we put on any classes uh, recently? Are we planning on putting classes on in actual other countries other than Canada? I imagine. Right now, Canada is the only one, uh, but we are also working with uh, with uh, Taiwan, other countries. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, and uh, a lot, there's a lot of interest. I can tell you. I know. Uh, Hong Kong approached me on on uh, going over there for them. Uh, David Bridges and I going over uh, to teach some some courses. So we'll be talking to you yeah. about this. You about this. Yeah, and along with that, you know, we have our chapters over in the, these areas too. That we send people over to uh, communicate with them and instruct for them at the chapter level. Uh, I know that uh, Chapter 79 will be uh, they're in Cancun this year. So I'm sure I can find some instructors that like to go there. I don't get to ever go to these places. What the you didn't make the list. Sir. It's not Apparently a very challenging not, no, place, no. Mike. You, we okay. save you for the tough places. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been there. Okay, so look, um, so we're going to go to our regular uh, end of our program. I want you to come back next week uh, on the radio to uh, Speaking of Fire. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.